These are very unofficial notes. I here. like it. Okay, you're okay with the. Were you okay with the uh, improv and shooting from the hip? Yeah, I kind of like it. Okay, okay. We'll, Change of pace. Okay, this is yeah. uh, this will be interesting. I've never done this like from a cocktail napkin. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. Here we go. And welcome to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the Executive Director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering from the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the Ambitious Angel Mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everyone. How are you? I'm great. Did you do anything this weekend? Out well, in the out in the barbecue grill known as our front yards. <laughs> our smoke show oh, of man. A, Yeah. Man, I feel bad even complaining because we don't even have it as bad as like Oregon. And, sure, yeah. But yes, it was it is quite smoky outside. It's uh, it's something. It's got a real mesquite vibe outside yeah. right Can now. Can you taste it in your mouth? Because yeah. I think it's just repulsive. Oh, absolutely. So uh, for those of us tuning in, we had our golf tournament last Friday. We'll mm-hmm. we'll hit a little bit on that at the end. Wildly successful. We want to thank everybody for yes. coming out to it. Super great day. Yes. We especially want to thank people for braving yes. what ended up being the smoke. It was the yes. first day of the bad stuff. Yeah. It, I felt like. I thought so too. I think it definitely got worse throughout the weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, thank you for coming out and participating anyway. It was such a great day. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely sound and feel like I smoked <laughs> two packs a day. My eyes were like yeah. burning. Yeah. Like I, they were super dry. And the next day I could not get them yeah. at all. Like I couldn't do anything. I had eye mm-hmm. drops and all that stuff. And then yeah, my throat was all. But like, what do you do? Just can't do anything. I mean, did yeah. you did you guys try to did you guys try to go outside? Oh, we we were outside all weekend. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, there just comes a point. Were the where kids like, cool? Were they all right with it? Oh yeah, they they were fine. Oh well, then there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? That's yeah, the air that gets yeah. sucked into your house too. Right. Well, that's and it's the circulating other thing. around. Yeah, so I'm like, well. Yeah, I mean, there's really not too much you can do to avoid it. No, but did you see some of those pictures like in San Francisco? Oh, I felt terrible. It was orange. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, and Oregon too, where like you can't even see ten feet out your front door, and it does like look eerie, Mm -hmm. black and orange. Yeah. So I'm grateful that we're not, you know, like that. But yeah, and certainly thoughts are with the families who lost basically everything in some of those fires. We're, mm-hmm. we're praying for everybody big time. Yeah. You know, some of those images coming out of Oregon are, are really, really like just so sad, so tough yep. to see. And so hopefully those folks are able to get back on their feet. But man, it was definitely a trippy weekend with that smoke. Mm-hmm. It was something else. It yeah. was crazy. It was crazy. But we're not here to give you like a weather report or the <laughs> latest wildfire news. We're actually here uh, to do our standard Angel Talk podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about uh, something a little bit uh, different than we have have in the past. Um, the official title is Feeling from the Heart. But this is about the intuition that sometimes comes with um, ha- losing a child or, you know, that sense of, mm-hmm. of, of dread you may feel from time to time and, and kind of how that plays into you dealing with your grief after, after you've lost a child. So, yeah. uh, this is a really interesting topic. I, I'd be honest with you. I, you know, you feel some of that sometimes, mm-hmm. like when you're around your kids or you see them do something, but I had never really thought about it. Like you and I had talked about off air about how, um, sometimes you can have that feeling for a long time. You, you, we're going to hit on a little bit, yeah. but you had it for a while with with Rowan. Yeah, I definitely think too. There's different kinds of 
intuition. You know, I think there's obviously some negative intuition and then there can be positive intuition, just whatever you're experiencing in your life. But, um, I really felt on my heart to share with you guys just how strong my intuition was leading up to Rowan's passing. Yeah. Like I subconsciously always had, I guess, this fear with her. Right. And not necessarily with my other kids. That's so crazy. So, um, you know, being in the position I'm in, I've talked to other families, you know, and I think it's fairly common that I can hear from other mothers specifically, not necessarily as much from fathers. I don't know if that's just because women are maybe honed in more to our intuitive side. We don't walk around thinking. I don't know if men (laughs) necessarily do that as much as we do. So I just, I know from, you know, my experience of talking to my husband about it or, you know, other family members, I think women tend to pick up on these like cues and these subtle inside feelings that we have. And, um, I think I, that would be interesting to, to, to get into as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, to talk to somebody who's a little bit of an expert on a subject like this at some yeah. point, because I think you're right. I mean, I definitely feel like men, especially, we don't necessarily, either we don't have those intuitions, which I feel like is a thing for real, like you're mm-hmm. saying, but then we also don't necessarily think about the intuition, even if we have it. Right. right? I think you might just... You kind of recognize go right over it, yes. And you you go, that was weird or whatever. Yeah, right. I've definitely, I think, over the years, learned that I don't think it's meaningless anymore. I'm like, okay, that's that's my intuition telling me something, you know. And um, I want to share my experiences with that because I think we can really listen to, Mm. you know, what those inner feelings are telling us and, you know, maybe help prevent an accident or not that I'm saying, I don't think, I think everybody has a time that they're going to go. So Mm -hmm. I think, I do think that Rowan already knew before she came here that she was going to have a short life, Mm. a short and powerful little life. So I don't think that my intuition could have stopped her passing per se, but I do think um, in other experiences in life, there's ways that I think it can benefit you to, hone in and pay attention to those signs and those feelings that we get. Um, Not that we can alter, you know, what's predetermined. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But I do think those feelings like can sometimes really help you out in a situation. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get Mm -hmm. into a little bit of that too. Cause I think that there's, I had some thoughts Mm -hmm. on that and a a few sort of uh, questions. So, you know, a lot of people talk about intuition a lot. Mm -hmm. You hear this actually with twins a lot. Twins have some, uh, twins have a sense of intuition. In fact, uh, real quick story on my brother-in-law who recently lost his, his twin sister. Mm -hmm. He did talk about, she, she, she was lost to, to an aneurysm. Mm. Uh, she died right away. Um, but he's a firefighter. So he was literally on call in her service area when it happened. And he heard the call came over, come over the radio. And I asked him later, I said, well, what did you think of it? And he said, yeah, I do remember having this feeling like I should go, I should answer that call. Mm -hmm. I should go answer that call. And he didn't know why. Right. Right. So there is a sense, you know, there are people who feel it. And, um, you know, you hear that a lot with twins. There's a, there's actually an author, his name's Dr. Peter Fenwick. He wrote a book uh, called The Art of Dying, which was about not so much the folks around somebody who's passing away, but mm-hmm. how folks uh, with cancer specifically, he talked about people with cancer in his book, have these intuitions 
themselves. Wow. I bet they do. Going through it. I totally believe that. Right? So mm-hmm. uh, so there is stuff out there on this. Mother's intuition is always is always right. something our that people term. say all the time, yeah. right? Mother's intuition. Uh, we often refer to it as our gut. Like mm-hmm. what you know, like something gives you a bad feeling. We heard Officer Dion talk a little bit about that. Trooper Dion talked yeah. how he gets to a car and every once in a while mm-hmm. he will feel something off about it. Yeah. So it's out there for sure. It's something that a lot of people kind of talk about. For these purposes, we're going to dive into your experience with intuition. And then I have yeah. some questions about the spirituality of it and all that sort cool. of stuff. Is that cool? Yeah, I love it. All right, sweet. So first of all, you and I were talking off air as we were prepping for this podcast. And you mentioned something that, like, honestly blew me away. I just really didn't think about it. Oh. You have had this tu- – you have had you had a tuition regarding Rowan from almost the moment she was in your life. Yeah, her whole entire life pretty much. I – I guess was always filled with nervousness and fear for her. Yeah. And, you know, having a son prior, mm-hmm. I never had had that before. That's so crazy. So I never, obviously your normal parenting worry where you're like, oh, you know, what if they fall off that slide or, you know, something like that. Right. But right. as far as a really predominant yeah. fear of like something really major is going to happen to him, I've yeah. never had. And then when Rowan came along, you know, I would say once she was mobile, like crawling through the house and stuff like that. I was actually, now that I'm talking about it, I do remember my husband was fearful too. Was he really? Yes. We were like, oh my gosh. Like, cause Wyatt was pretty rough with her as a, as a baby. I just had this fear that like she'd fall down the stairs or he might shove her or, um, I mean, it was consuming. And then over the year, you know, she was only 17 months old. So through Uh her little life, um, you know, I would often share these thoughts with my mom, who is oh. also very intuitive. She's always shared um, experiences or stories with me about her intuition, and she's always felt it was pretty strong for her as well. Yeah. And um, she would also share and say, Bryn, I have never, ever been nervous watching uh, Wyatt, but she mm-hmm. would babysit my kids. She goes, I am so scared every time I have the kids because I think Rowan's going to get hurt. Did you write that off to like uh, her being more adventurous than Wyatt or something like that originally? Or did you? A little bit, but it's like you don't even know where the feeling is coming from. Got it. And that's like, it was very plain as day. That's how I was feeling. And that's how she was feeling. But I don't think either one of us could pinpoint why or where it was coming from. And the closer it got to her passing, the stronger it got. So like it wasn't as strong in the beginning, but the older she got, the more, I mean, I was pretty consumed by it. And, um, the strongest was like two weeks before her passing. Mm -hmm. And what is really bizarre is like, literally I felt it internally where I was just super paranoid about vehicles and get out of here. No, I'm not even kidding. This is why I feel like it's something we should talk about because, you know, Nobody knows or can expect or prepare that their child's going to pass away right, when it's a tragic right. accident like yeah. this. Um, let alone, did I know she would be hit by a car? Right. But we were, before her passing, this was about two weeks before, we had taken a vacation to Lake Chelan. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom had rode over with me, and we had the kids, and we stopped at Safeway before we were going to go check into our hotel to get, like, a few snacks for the kids and things. And, yeah. Um, I parked the car and I had this, my mom had already gotten out to start getting the kids out. And I was overcome by just instant panic and stress. And I get out of the car and I'm for, for no odd reason, just about to lose my temper and my cool on my mom. Like she's getting the kids out of the car and I 
snapped at her and I'm like, what are you doing? You need to hold her hand. Wow. Because I had this instant reaction that she was going to get hit by a car in that parking lot. Like wow. that's what overcame me in a split second. Yeah. And I snapped at my mom and my mom's like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I'm getting her. Yeah. And I, you know, swooped her up because I like couldn't even trust my mother at that point because it was so overwhelming to me that I had this instant panic. My daughter's going to run in the parking lot getting hit by a car. Wow. And it, it. Like you could see it physically happen in your head? No, I couldn't. I didn't visualize it. I felt uh, it. I just okay. felt like. It was like a very overwhelming feeling like that that was a reality something and that was going to happen. Yep, something bad's about to happen. And yeah. I ran over and swooped her up and I you know, I apologized for my mom for snapping at her and she she even understood. She goes, "Brent, I I get that feeling a lot. I'm I'm I understand." Huh. Like she even confirmed for me that yeah. I wasn't going crazy cuz she gets these panic fear, you know, these fearful moments and right. you know, she reassured me I'm not a loony and um you know, we go in the store and everything and then that vacation I was the whole trip consumed with fear for her, for Rowan, and only Rowan, not my son. It was just so bizarre. Wow. Now looking back at it, and yeah. I replay things in my head <clears throat> still, um, and we were very just recently, a few weeks back, at Lake Chelan, and yeah. that was our first family trip since Rowan had passed away oh, that we revisited. Wow. Yes. Wow. So I had been back for, like, um, little girls' things and stuff like that, but that was our first trip as a family back to Lake Chelan since Rowan had passed away. Wow. And we were out on my father-in-law's boat. And, you know, I could vividly picture it, it, you know, kind of triggered those memories to come back up where when Rowan was with us, we were all on um, my father-in-law's boat. And I just kept being fearful that um, Rowan was going to fall off the boat. And Wow. Yes. Not my son. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's like my fear was always consumed with her. Yeah. and um, It felt more tangible almost, seems like. like oh, it just If you had like, a fear... With Wyatt, it was just more like, well, you know, I mean, he's like, he's just a kid that'll happen. But with right. hers, it felt more like somebody do something. Yeah. And I was, I was honestly really consumed with feeling that panic and that nervousness, that whole trip. Unbelievable. And then, um, I think when you're, when you're experiencing that, I think it's easy to pass it up, you know, be yeah. passive about it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh my gosh, I'm being paranoid. Like what, you know, you kind of talk yourself out of it because right. I'm like, why am I being so paranoid? You know, it's like ruining my time almost. Yeah. So it's easy to dismiss it. But uh, after the fact and after when she passed away, I was like, oh my gosh, like how was I intuitively having these feelings that something was going to happen to my daughter? Mm -hmm. And then it did, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, the night before she passed away, I was a nervous wreck. And I didn't know why. Really? It was crazy. And me and my friend Cassie have talked about this because, um, you know, there was nothing abnormal about the day. We yeah. were going to carpool our sons. And um, I trust my friend very much. There was nothing abnormal. There was no indication. Or, there's no indication yeah, or no right. reason that I should be fearful or have anxiety or anything. And I literally could not sleep the night before. Wow. And I, I just had a really bad feeling. And mm. I did not know why. I did not know where it was coming from, but I had a really bad gut feeling that for some reason I didn't want Cassie to come over that day to pick up my son. And it wasn't, there was no reason behind it. Yeah. And I didn't want to, you know, be like rude to my friend because she was really excited about our boys carpooling and stuff. Right. And, and we had right. worked them up with excitement too. Like, oh yeah, you boys get to ride to school together. Yeah. And um, I, I passed off that feeling. I right. just was like, no, I'm not going to cancel on her. That's rude. Mm -hmm. um, so it's weird after the fact 
I don't even think it's weird anymore because it's something I've kind of learned to, I guess, pay more attention to in Uh life. uh But I really do feel like my intuition was leading me up for her passing. Yeah, yeah. And and that might sound totally bizarre to a lot of people, but I do think that some people can really connect with that because it is a weird instinct that we have coming from somewhere Uh that we can sense that, Uh you know, without any, without any, you know, reason behind it. It's just our gut feeling. And um, I've, I've fully experienced it obviously a lot in before Rowan's passing and then even after with things intuition in a different way now because I think I look at it differently and feel it differently than I did before. Um, But I think that it's pretty powerful that we can get these signs and these feelings and not to ignore them, but to, you know, dive deeper because you never know what it can do to change the outcome of a situation. Right, right. Well, I, yeah, because to me, the minute that I think of, of, of strong intuition like that, not just like gut feelings like, oh, shoot, I think I left the door unlocked, you mm-hmm. know, that sort of yeah. stuff, but more like the the very strong things you're talking about, that sense of like, mm-hmm. I think I right now, I can't explain it, I need to go grab my kid. Yep. That sort of, yeah. I can't really explain, I think kind mm-hmm. of every parent has it. Mother's tuition, of course, is, is what a lot of folks call it, mm-hmm. but that instant sort of thing. There is something... And if you're faith-based, it's obviously a lot easier to to kind of get to the spot where mm-hmm. it's, there's definitely a, a, a godlike or spiritual mm-hmm. element to it, you of know? Of course, yeah. Like there are guardian angels flowing mm-hmm. throughout your life or there, you know, like there's a higher power that is kind of setting these feelings in you. Right. To kind of either make you aware or whatever. Mm-hmm. How long kind of after Rowan's passing did you really start to kind of think about the power of intuition as it like that that was in your life beforehand. I mean, because you're talking about these things as mm-hmm. if you saw them from a mile away. Is that how it felt, or was that more like you had to look afterwards to to all these instances where you were like, "Oh no, I think I saw something coming." Oh, for sure. Well, I I think that even experiencing them prior to her passing, I always knew I felt like I had a pretty good intuition for things. But I think when it came to specifically Rowan, like passing away or getting hurt, uh-huh. um. I was constantly in that panic mode that like something might happen, but yeah. you don't also want to even allow those thoughts to come oh, into your yeah. mind. Yeah. So I would also be passive about it. Right. Like, okay, I'm not even going to talk to that to, to my husband about how I feel about this because I'm I don't want to speak it into existence. No, almost. exactly. Right. I don't even want to allow these words to come out of my mouth because right. that's just not even possible. Right. But then after she did pass, I yes became very aware of little moments of time where I felt. Yeah, like I was almost getting prepared for this to be my outcome. If you were to look at it it's from a spiritual angle, do you feel like and we can't ever possibly know exactly why things mm-hmm. are planted where they are and why we get the feelings we get? Do you feel like they were placed there more to help you come to realization of like, oh, no, this was something that was always going to happen? Mm-hmm. Or do you view it more like, well, shoot, if I had just saw that one sign, it wouldn't have gone that way. And do you beat yourself up more? Or do you, Like, which one do you feel like you, it, they were there more for? Well, I've definitely went back and forth really? of, on both spectrums yeah. of beating myself up because maybe I could have, um, you know, I guess not – told Cassie not to come that day. Yeah. So, you know, I think that you go back and forth in your grieving process. Of course, you're looking for blame. You you know, who's going to be to blame? It's going to be me. I blame myself because I could have, you know, 
I should have just followed my gut instinct. So, yeah. yes, I think there were times in the beginning where, yeah, that's how I was looking at it. Yeah. I think the more I've healed through this process, now I do look at it as um, almost a blessing to have. Mm. Like, right. you know, whether these intuitions come from God or they come from, you know, the spirits or wherever yeah, they yeah. come from, I think of it as like a blessing kind of preparing you for life or preparing you for these experiences and outcomes. And I do just, I guess, as an intuition in my heart, I do think that Rowan, when she came here, knew she was going to live a short but powerful life. Yeah. I do. I just think that was her her life's purpose and destiny. And I think right. that, you know, it sucks. I don't, I don't like it. I wish she was still here. I <laughs> right. want her to be here with me. And, you know, you go through these moments where you're like, it's not fair. And, you know, who are you mad at? Are you mad at God? Are you mad at yourself or, or whatever? But mm-hmm. I do think her life did serve a huge purpose and right. she's um, still providing that here, you yeah. know, from the other side. But I do think, you know, your subconscious tells you things to get possibly prepared for like these tra- traumatic um, events. Right. I don't even know how else to explain it. I think, yeah. I think if you're somebody that has experienced it, it's like, whoa, right. wow. Right. I also want to share this. Um, there's not too many moments, you know, as a, like a busy parent, you have two young children. Cause at this time my son was four and Rowan was obviously 17 months old. And, um, she got really sick like two days before she passed away. And, um, I took time off work, which I was really a full-time busy hairstylist at this time. So I, mm-hmm. I never missed work because mm-hmm. people would book out eight weeks to get in with right. me. So I, my schedule was full for eight to 10 weeks out. So if I had to cancel a day of clients, yeah. that means the following week I'd be working 60 hours to fit everybody yeah. in. Yeah. So, um, but she wasn't feeling good. So I took the day off, um, two days off before she passed away. And I got to spend the most, oh, the wow. most amazing one-on-one quality time with her yeah. that we'd ever had. Because I think why it was either at preschool or with a babysitter, I'm not sure, but I, I had probably the most one-on-one time I'd ever gotten to have with her those two days before she passed. And I almost feel like that was a gift, like, like that I wouldn't necessarily have had unless somebody else like predetermined that for me. Like, you know, I canceled two days of work to be home with her. And I remember just holding her in my bed and I, I can still vividly, and I cherish it. I cherish that I had this mm. moment with her, but I can remember rubbing her soft little skin on her back yeah. and um, how soft her skin was and how she was chubby. She had some little baby rolls still. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I remember holding her hand and how, what her hand felt in mine. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are moments as parents, we don't necessarily absorb all the time. Absolutely. I was just about to say that. We don't absorb that. Absolutely. And I fully, the day before she passed away, or it was the night before because she couldn't sleep. That was odd. She was just up all night. She was normally a yeah. really great sleeper. She was yeah. fussy. And so I was holding her in my bed. And that is such a gift that I actually absorbed that night before she passed with her. And I literally, I played with her hair. So I remember what her hair feels like. And I yeah. remember what her skin feels like. And I I remember <clears throat> how... Um, you know, big she was like laying on top of me, how long her legs were. They went down to my knees and, yeah. um, you know, we don't necessarily absorb that on a daily basis. We do not. And I will tell you, uh, when on the days we record the more powerful podcasts, mm-hmm. I will go home and I know my kids are like, why is dad hugging us so much? Aww, because yeah. like you really do, you get reminded and it, it, I know it doesn't seem like a blessing at the time 
but it truly is because you clearly remember that day more than all others with clarity. Exactly. Right. Yep. And so it kind of it it forces you almost to be like I remember this these things all these things I because we don't we was, get mad we move along we we we're tell distracted the kid, right? we are distracted in our daily lives yeah. and I almost felt like that was intuition telling me that night to like just cherish this moment yeah and I did and I'm so grateful I did but right. that is not the normal for me you know yeah. what parent is that normal no. for I mean we're usually distracted cleaning up dinner mm-hmm. and we're you know p- putting our kids to bed and you know mm-hmm. I. I do really feel like that was intuition telling me like you need to cherish this moment. Yeah. And yeah. and I still I have that memory so crystal clear still and I'm just so happy that that was yeah. the gift I got before she passed away. Yeah. Because yeah. if it was our typical any other Monday, Tuesday, I wouldn't have even been present, you know. I would right. be consumed with work and I would be coming home and we would be cooking dinner and we would be rushing to bed and yeah. you know um, she had gotten sick, and that's why I, I couldn't go into work those that day. And right. I I wanted to be with her, and I'm so thankful that that was, I guess, the blessing that I got. Yeah. Okay, and now it is time for a segment that we haven't done very often because we've had so many guests. We've done mostly sissy signs with our guests, but mm-hmm. this is uh, this is uh, one of the segments we did uh, a while back. It is the quote of the day. So I am actually the one who gets to supply the quote of the I day. I like today. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured, I figured I have a wall of quotes, as some people <laughs> know. In my office, I have a wall of quotes. I'm a quote guy. Um, but this one in particular, as you were talking about what I thought was very profound, Rowan uh, being on Earth for the specific time that she was on Earth and mm-hmm. how that was almost maybe what was intended. Yes. Right? That was her yeah. timeline. I like the that's the bet. That's a really good way of putting it. That's her timeline. Um, and it always can, brings up the idea of legacy. If somebody lives that short, do they do they leave a legacy? And I always believe that that people do. I mm-hmm. no matter how long you're we are graced with your presence, you leave a legacy because you leave it to someone else in the case of Rowan yeah. with you. And so this is a quote from Maya Angelou, and she says, "If you're going to live, leave a legacy." Make a mark on the world that can't be erased. I love it. That's a great quote. And it always, I think, uh, especially in cases of those uh, those angels who passed who passed way too early for our liking, mm-hmm. for the parents to be able to pick that up and, and keep going with it. That is their legacy. Yeah. Right? That's you gave cool. me goosebumps. That's, oh. that's nice. All right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned you've talked to, to Cassie about this stuff. Did mm-hmm. she ever tell you that she had any sort of intu- intuition sort of stuff? Um, we've talked about this, yeah. Not necessarily about the accident per oh, se, sure. but she knew Rowan her whole life because right. our kids have grown up, you know, in daycare together and stuff like that. And she had always said how she had such a, a special, like, bond with her. Like, she almost felt like there was a deeper meaning behind their relationship. Um, so whenever she would drop her kids off at daycare, if she saw Rowan, she would go over and, um, you know, talk to her and pinch her little chin. And, Mm -hmm. um, she'd always had like this deeper, like love for her, you know what I mean? Than just some random kid at daycare. Yeah. Um, and she always felt that powerful connection and, you know, we're family friends. So of course, if we see her at a barbecue or something, she would be the first over there to talk to Rowan and she'd always have special treats for Rowan and, um, so she had a great great relationship with Rowan. Oh yeah, she's always yeah. told me before and after 
the passing, you know, how much she's adored Rowan and um, just like loved her, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I don't know if that like deeper connection is an intuition for her too, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, you know, I've never, I don't think actually asked her if she had an intuition about the accident happening. I yeah. don't know if we've ever discussed that, but I. It is what's interesting. So you have had intuitions about mm-hmm. these other moments, mm-hmm. right? In, uh, you mentioned the parking lot with your mom. Shalane, you're basically a wreck for some of it. Like, oh, wor- I was, worrying, yeah. Worrying over her. And yet morning of, you, you don't necessarily, it doesn't sound like you necessarily felt something was going to happen. I did. I was actually really anxious that Were day. Were you really? Yeah, I was super yeah. anxious. Yeah. Um, we had woken up really early because she was fussy. Mm-hmm. And then I had made her breakfast. She wouldn't eat. But we sat on the floor and we played together with blocks and stuff. And then we got Wyatt up for school. And I did have like a weird pit in my stomach that whole morning. But wow. you didn't know. I didn't know where it was coming from. Right. You know? Right. And wow. you're like, why do I feel like this? Yeah. I was just definitely... It, it's unsettling because you don't know how to pinpoint those feelings, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then obviously, you know, our lives changed horrifically in an instant, yeah. you know? But huh. no, that whole morning and the whole night before, I was definitely very anxious, stressed, had no idea why. Couldn't put your finger on it. No, because yeah. I'm like, well, there's no like evidence or reason for me to feel anxious. What am I anxious mm-hmm. about? That's why I think there's a, there's just a, a spiritual element to it. There, yeah. there are no... Mm-hmm. So sort of like day-to-day reasons why you feel some of these things that you feel. Yeah. But they just enter. You, right. You know, they're just in your, they're there. Mm-hmm. And they're there for a reason, I think, you know, personally. Yeah. It's uh, definitely taught me over the years to appreciate it more now yeah. where I'm like, okay, if, if I'm getting signals or cues or signs, you know, I'm going to I need to pursue to this a little yeah. bit. I wonder mm-hmm. what this is. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I have I have a final question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to add some stuff at the end, okay. that's fine. So we kind of hit on this a little bit, but is the it's the idea of feeling guilt around something like that. So mm-hmm. how do you, so having gone through it, having felt intuition and maybe a few times beating yourself up, having maybe think thought like, Honestly, it's it's a thought that anybody's going to feel, but it's also not a thought that's necessarily based in reality. Could I have done anything to stop it, right? Because that's a really hard thing to 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 say, to like think. Like, well, if I would have just done this one thing, it would have stopped it. You could do that forever. You, you could can. You could live in a prison like that for the rest of your life. And I think it's human nature to right. do that. How do you, how, how, what would you recommend people do to avoid that, specifically regarding intuition? Like someone will say to you, I'm sure you've had an angel parent say to you before, um, if I, you know, like I felt something that day, it was really weird. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't do anything. And now they're no longer here. What what, what sort of things would you recommend to people to help get them past some of those feelings? Well, one of the things that helped me overcome that was realizing that it is not in my control. Mm. So I, I really do feel like we all kind of have a timeline mm-hmm. down here. Like mm. we have a purpose and I think that, and this is my own personal belief, so I hope I don't offend anybody by talking about my faith, but this is what's been my, uh, I guess my main force of healing is my faith in God and knowing yeah. and accepting my daughter's short life. It's hard to accept it. So that's been the hardest thing is to get yeah. to a place where I can accept that that was my daughter's Timeline Time. was 17 months. That's right. Um, of course, we can do whatever we want while we're down here on earth. We have our own, you know, we can make our own decisions. But yeah. I do not think it is in our control 
you know, what God's purpose is for your life timeline. Yeah. So, you know. That's good. I ha- That That's helped good. me accept that it wasn't my fault. Right. Because, of course, in the beginning, I did blame myself. I should have prevented this. Why did I not know where my daughter was? And you go through those questions in your head every day, every minute. Yeah. And you can do that for years and years and years. And I'll tell you, that's completely normal in your grieving process. Right. But if you do that forever, you'll never be able to move forward right. and start to heal. And I really do truly feel this in my heart. Um, I think that Rowan already knew when she when yeah. she came here to be with us and she chose us to be her parents, that she knew she was going to live 17 months and um, how that would obviously later impact our family, what we would do with that. Mm-hmm. and. I do think it was part of her her life purpose and her sole yeah. purpose. And believe me, it is not an easy thing to come to those terms because then it's like almost feeling like it's me saying it's okay. Yeah. So it's not that I'm saying, oh, it's okay. Because to me, it, it will never fully be okay. Yeah. But I do have to accept that that was her her life destiny and and I'm trying to still just honor her every day the best I can and be a positive role model for my kids that are here and mm-hmm. you know a positive force for others that are going through the same issue. Um, so I think once you get to that acceptance phase, you really can start to see the beauty in it mm. and and move forward. Um, but I do think, yeah, I think that she came down here and it was already predetermined that she was going to have a short life. Yeah. Um, and so I don't think you can continue to blame yourself for that because I don't think it's in our control. Yeah. It's all up to the guy upstairs yeah. is how I think of it. Yeah. I, think I mean, we have our own decisions. So yep. obviously there's people that pass from We have from free their, will while we're here. Yes, we have free those, will. So yeah. I think there's accidents that may happen that maybe not be... May interrupt that timeline, yes, if you will. Yes, yes. But I, I do, for the most part, think that mm. we all have a set amount of days that we're here on this earth. Yeah. Yeah. And the reality is, is some of it has just got to be a recognition that it is out of your control. Yeah. You know, my whole way of thinking since losing a child has changed because, and I've shared this many times, but I've always been a really big control freak. Like Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, every little detail of my life planned out and how I wanted it to go. And, um, I've always been very rigid and that's how things have to go. And if things get disarrayed, I'm very, you know, can't handle it. Um, And then after losing Rowan and really feeling like I have no control, like really this is, I have no control um, of, of a lot. So I've learned to, I guess, not be so rigid with that because I think we all have a plan and a purpose while we're here. And I think we can follow our intuitions with those things for, for the good. And, um, but yeah, don't beat yourself up because at the end of the day, I don't think it's really in our control. Yeah. Fascinating. That's so, uh, that's incredible. That, that This whole concept of a podcast, when you first brought it up, I thought, oh yeah, you know, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have some stuff to talk about. I've had some intuition, Yeah, <laughs> but I do feel like, yeah, it's just so interesting to hear all that sort of difference and how it is from a perspective of, like you said, like a guy who, like uh, as a guy, you don't often... Mm-hmm. You really don't, if you have moments of intuition, you really don't always like tap think into about that. It. You just yeah. go like, whoa, that No, I think weird. it really takes that. work and, and practice, yeah. to be honest, because yeah. I, when I'm busier in my life and I'm more distracted, I notice that I breeze over it too. Yeah. When I yeah. take a minute to like, oh, I better pay right. attention to that thought yeah. or that feeling yeah. and kind of pay attention to it or even pray about it or I even talk to Rowan about things still, yeah. then I feel like I get even more. So yeah. it's like when I take a moment to actually sit down and acknowledge a feeling like that, Yeah. then I feel like I even get a stronger sense after that. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, really, really, it's like a deep, rich subject. Everybody has different types Mm -hmm. and times where they where they where they go through that sort of intuition. Uh, So hopefully this helps some of those folks who, you know, specifically maybe had an angel who died from an accident and are Mm -hmm. blaming themselves for not seeing the signs or any of that sort of stuff. Just know that a lot of that stuff's out of your control and the intuition may have only been there for you to be able to recognize that you needed to be in that moment with that person, with your, with your angel mm-hmm. and cherish it. So yeah. uh, pretty, pretty amazing stuff. Um, speaking Thanks. of amazing, uh, what a great segue there. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to thank again, everybody for coming out to our golf tournament by all metrics. It mm-hmm. is the most successful golf tournament we've had. It will, by the time it's all said and done, and of course we will promote it to everybody. It will have raised the most money we've ever raised at a golf tournament for our endowment fund, yes. which allows us to keep doing these sort of things and, and, and keep helping as many families as we can for the future. It had, I want to say the most participants we've ever had. The most had. participants, for sure. Most participants yeah. we've ever had. Uh, it had some of the most sponsors we've ever had, so we want to thank all of our sponsors mm-hmm. who came out. We had a couple of sponsors, even Brave the Smoke yep. and the COVID and all of those things with their little hand sanitizers and their little masks, and they went out there <laughs> and they still talked to everybody. Yep. We want to thank... Uh, we want to thank Acme Fuel for coming out and actually, you know, uh, staffing your whole Ayana Brown. We really want to thank her. Yes, st- she was great. For, for those golfers who listened to the pod who stopped by Hole 18 and had the pleasure of hearing uh, her story and how moving it is and how she did exactly what Bryn has done, which is, you know, try to create something meaningful out of something She's that She's a felt. very powerful woman. Yes. And then we want to thank Brown and Sons Cigar, Premium Cigars. Brown and Sons Premium Cigars. Sorry, gentlemen. Want to make sure I get yep. that right. Morgan Cope, of course, Steve Colesar and and, and Chuck Cope for coming out and honoring Morgan. And then all of our sponsors who couldn't have, who couldn't make it, but uh, were a part of the event. Mm -hmm. We really want to thank them. We're going to do another shout out uh, this week on social media to all of our sponsors, thanking them for for showing up to that. But by all accounts, this was, this was uh, really one of the best golf tournaments we ever had. And it was super fun. And it wouldn't have been possible without the folks who participated. So thank you very much to everybody there. That was really cool. Um, So that was that, that was this week's podcast, uh, feeling in your heart, kind of grappling with the intuition that comes mm-hmm. with, with all of this. Uh, Bryn, want to thank you for being so open. Want to thank everybody for listening. Thanks for listening to me. Remember? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, I really kind of have no choice. This yeah. is a podcast. It's kind of... <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I know, but it's awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, we want to thank everybody for still listening. Make sure to share the podcast with your friends. Rate and review us if, we ha- if you haven't had the opportunity. And subscribe when you have a chance, too. It, it helps us get this podcast in front of more people so that we can help more people. So that was this week's podcast. We want to thank everybody for for taking a listen and we will talk to you next week. Bye.